When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning, Birdland. I'm Mark Brown. I'm here with you on October the 4th, 2023, and we've all got three more days where we can relax before the Orioles get their turn in this postseason. This is the bye that they earned with their 101-61 and 61 record and AL East division title. As September wore on, they seemed like they could really use the rest, and now they're getting it. While other teams are playing for their lives, the Orioles, well, they're working out, they're taking batting practice, and they're doing sim game activities. It isn't nothing, but it is taking things on the easier side. So before we get to talking about the Orioles today, let's talk about the teams that they could play starting on Saturday and teams that they might play if they're fortunate enough to advance to the LCS round for the first time since the 2014 season. The wildcard schedule opened yesterday afternoon with the Rays hosting the Rangers. It was a clunker of a game for the Tampa Bay Rays, with fielders committing four errors, starting pitcher Tyler Glasnow walking five batters in five innings, and Rays batters combining for just six hits as they lost that first game of that series four to nothing. If you ask me, they might not have wanted to uh, invite the bad fortune that was visited upon them in their years as the Tampa Bay Devil Rays by wearing the Devil Rays uniforms in the postseason, but nobody did ask me. They did it anyway, and that's probably not why they lost. But still, if it was up to me, I certainly wouldn't have done something like that. Recent Orioles destroyer Randy Arozarena had two of the Rays' six hits in that losing effort, you know, my goal for the series was for both teams to have their pitching staffs wrecked. The Rays did not do their part to achieve that outcome. Rangers starting pitcher Jordan Montgomery threw seven shutout innings, scattering the six hits, and did not walk a batter in the game. I got to say, for as long as it's been clear that the Orioles were a playoff-quality team this year, 
it has felt like some kind of fate that the Orioles would end up meeting with the Rays again in the postseason, certainly for the last two months or so when it seemed like Orioles Rays were going to be either AL East winner or wild card one. That seemed like it was going to mean there was some kind of destined meeting in the division series round of the playoffs. Now, right now, the Rays, they're one loss away from this not happening at all. And really, it's just another reminder that there is no fate. There is no destiny. There are only the players and how they play in the games. And for the Rays right now, that's ongoing. They've got to win here on Wednesday and then win again on Thursday to keep their season alive. The Orioles, well, it doesn't start for the Orioles until Saturday. Will I feel any relief if the Rays are wiped right out of the postseason? No, I will not, because the Rangers are also a pretty darn good baseball team, although they did end up losing out on their ALS, uh, ALS division on the last day of the season when they lost one nothing to the Rangers. This is a good team with good players who will be dangerous opponents. Recent big free agent signings, Marcus Semien and Corey Seager, led the team in the regular season. 7.4 BWAR for Semien, 6.9 BWAR for Seager. Seager had a 1.013 OPS over the full season. That is one heck of a middle infield. But we can worry about that if the Rangers win one of their next uh, one of the next two days. We will be worrying about that in our next episode. Farther in the future, if the Orioles postseason turns out awesomely enough, the winner of the Twins Blue Jays wildcard series could await in the league championship round if they then get past the Astros in the division series round. We should, I think, all spare a moment of pity for the Minnesota Twins fans who have escaped having to play the Yankees in the postseason this year, as there have been so many times they just got swept right out of the postseason by the Yankees. But they still have to listen to Yankees broadcaster Michael Kay and longtime Yankee Alex Rodriguez as the TV broadcasters on ESPN for the wildcard round for the Twins. That's a bummer for them. Not a bummer is that the Twins finally broke their streak of consecutive playoff losses at 18 yesterday by beating the Jays 3-1. to They've got to win one more to actually advance, but I will just say this. I would not want to mess with the team that finally got some kind of weird postseason monkey off of its back if it does come to that. I think we saw a recent example of this in 2019 when the Nationals, who much to my delight had never previously won a playoff series, finally won one by winning a wild card game. And then much to my chagrin went on from there to run the table the whole postseason and win the whole dang thing. But that is a problem for October the 15th, if both the Orioles and Twins are still playing at that time. That is when Game 1 of the League Championship Series, or the ALCS anyway, will uh, be played. Former Oriole Kevin Gossman gave up three runs in four innings in the losing effort. All three of those runs scored across two home runs being hit. That does sound familiar for Orioles fans. Both home runs, by the way, were hit by former number one overall draft choice Royce Lewis playing in his first postseason game. So, you know, let's hope Adley Rutschman can maybe author something similar uh, as he plays in his post uh, first postseason game for the Orioles. The Jays, by the way, ended up losing that game despite out hitting the Twins 6-5. to Twins starting pitcher Pablo Lopez, who they acquired in the offseason by trading 2022 AL batting champion and eventual 2023 MLB batting champion Luisa Rice, allowed just one run in five and two-thirds innings, and then four Twins relievers kept the Jays from getting any closer than that. 
For me, one interesting common trend is that the Game 1 winning pitchers, at least in the AL, were each acquired in trade just in 2023. The Twins Scott Lopez in January, and he went on to rack up 234 strikeouts in 192 regular season innings and then got the win in Game 1 of the postseason. The Rangers traded three minor leaguers for Jordan Montgomery in July. It is good if you can trade for good pitchers. uh, In the last episode, I mentioned using single games to form narratives, and I will tell you, there is a narrative capital N right there with the two teams that won Game 1, having traded for their Game 1 starting pitchers within the 2023 season. We'll see if those teams can win two more to make it stick, or if their own pitching in a future round will keep building that narrative. But the Orioles, well, the Orioles' starting pitchers they acquired in 2023 were Cole Irvin and Jack Flaherty. And you know what? Let's not dwell on that anymore today. And I'll tell you, one reason not to dwell on it is that by season's end, the regular season's end, I should say, I think you could be pretty happy about the idea of an Orioles playoff starting rotation. For all that things felt crazy in September as the team played out with the six-man rotation and some guys that were not in the front half of that struggled. The Orioles finished the second half of the season with a 3.74 ERA from their starting pitchers, which, by the way, was fifth best among all MLB teams with playoff-bound teams like the Dodgers, Diamondbacks, and Astros all at a 4.59 second-half starting pitcher ERA or higher. The Orioles' bullpen was also fifth best by ERA in MLB in the second half at a 3.35 ERA. And, you know, as much as the Felix Bautista injury caused upheaval, and as much as that is still worrisome looking towards games in October, the Orioles' bullpen had almost the exact same ERA before Bautista was hurt as after he got hurt. Now, the postseason, I think, will be a different kettle of fish, but there is reason there for some optimism especially if you watch D.L. Hall's outings over the last couple weeks of the season or even Tyler Wells' last week and a half or so after returning to the big league team in a relief role. And as for the Orioles guys who are probably going to start in a postseason rotation, Kyle Bradish with a 2.83 ERA at season's end, that was a 146 ERA plus or 46% better than league average when adjusting for parks and league offensive environment. The first sub three ERA by an Orioles starting pitcher you may have heard since Mike Mussina did this all the way back in 1992. So we're talking 31 years since any Orioles starting pitcher has had an ERA as low as Bradish's this year over a full season. Grayson Rodriguez held batters to a 590 OPS while posting a 2.58 ERA over 13 second-half starts. He gave up just three home runs in the second half of the season over 76 and two-thirds innings. And I think John Means looked pretty good in his four starts coming back from the Tommy John surgery and rehab. It is not a trio of guys that has the big-name flash of pitchers who everyone believed to be good at the start of the season who then pitched to sustain that hype all year. But I think Bradish and Rodriguez could be in that group of guys by the end of next year if they go on to pitch well next year. And I mean, you know, you can find reasons to be nervous about any one of those guys or all of them together. Bradish and Rodriguez, I mean, they're way beyond career highs. Means, of course, is career innings highs. Means is not far removed from his Tommy John rehab. None of these guys have pitched in the postseason before. But, you know, as in the last episode, for the time being, I'm choosing to be excited about the potential rather than being worried about all the stuff that could go wrong. And that includes who is maybe going to be the number four starting pitcher if the Orioles 
need a fourth guy in the fourth uh, game of the ALDS. Would I be terribly excited if it was Dean Kramer or Kyle uh, Kyle Gibson? Uh, no, but you know what? Let's worry about that if the Orioles get to the point where they need to win that fourth game. And for now, that's more. That's about a week away. I will be right back after a message from a Fans First Sports Network sponsor. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No a quick dip into the mailbag. You know, I received a couple of nice emails over the last few days. However, these were about uh, topics or questions that were kind of depressing. So, all depressing topics, except for those that arise directly from whatever playoff games the Orioles play are deferred until the Orioles are out of the postseason. But thank you to the writers of those messages. I do plan to get to the questions. They uh, they will keep until the offseason. It's not anything uh, that's going to be affected by October. And I will get to them, but hopefully not until November. So for anyone else, you can write to camdencastpod at gmail.com if you have a thought or question for me to answer in a future episode. So again, looking to the 2023 season, I'll tell you there's one area where the Orioles are not like uh, any of the other teams that won buys with division titles and then the top two records in the league. And the Orioles, they don't have a truly elite hitter in their offense. And, you know, Baltimore sports fans are ever going to be debating uh, elite after Joe Flacco was on the city's pro football team, won the Super Bowl, and then went on to the career he went on to. But I mean, as far as baseball hitters, you might have a different idea from me, but I think a good cutoff for elite is having a 900 OPS. That's on base plus slugging percentage or better. And the best OPS on the Orioles was Gunnar Henderson at an 814 OPS. 
Now, here for the uh, for comparison, the other playoff the other playoff by teams, the Atlanta Braves, Ronald Acuna Jr. a 1.012 OPS, Matt Olson 9.33 OPS, and Marcelo Zuna at a 9.05. The Los Angeles Dodgers had Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman dueling at a 9.87 and 9.76 OPS, respectively, plus J.D. Martinez at an 8.93 OPS. And the Houston Astros, who ended up winning the AL West, have Jordan Alvarez at a 9.90 OPS and Jose Altuve at 9.15. These kinds of hitters the Orioles do not have right now. It's, that guy was not on their team over the full 2023 season. What the Orioles do have is a lineup that can field, depending on bench choices based on the starting pitcher platoon splits. They've got seven or more batters who can be in the lineup with a league, at least a league average OPS plus of 100 or better. And even the below average guys like Ramon Arias or Adam Frazier aren't that far below average. And I think it was a consistent lineup overall. And I think that is one thing that probably contributed to the still ongoing streak of the Orioles not being swept over all the way back to last May, which again, that's Adley Rutschman's career plus one more series. What a remarkable thing the Orioles have done. Honestly, I still can't believe it. It's one of the many unbelievable things about them. And you know what? If everyone in the lineup is at least okay, on average, I think you are less likely to have streaks where the whole team goes cold. Although, you know, again, if you want to be worried, the lineup did finish with just a 614 OPS over its final 12 games. But the Orioles went 7-5 and five over that stretch, including getting the division-winning clinching game. What the Orioles do have is a couple of hitters who could, maybe, put the team on their back for a postseason series, or even the entire rest of the postseason, if the Orioles should be so fortunate to play that far into October and even the early days of November. Anthony Santander hit seven home runs just in May with a 1.056 OPS for that month, and in August he hit eight homers while OPSing 931. The downside is then he disappears, sometimes for an entire month, a sub-700 in April as well as September. Ryan Mountcastle, another kind of streaky guy, he had two very hot months, 1.011 OPS in July and then a 984 OPS in August, and these were after returning from his bout with vertigo. But then he had the injured list stint for shoulder inflammation in September, and he was homerless in 13 September games. So, you know, is the bye week going to be rest rest enough for Mountcastle to get right for the postseason? We can certainly hope so. And Austin Hayes, I think, belongs on this streaky hitter list to a lesser extent. He had four months over an 800 OPS, although only one of these was at 900 exactly. But then he had two months way below. 446 OPS in July. That is utterly putrid. And then in September, he slumped a good bit too at a 692 OPS for the month. I think if two of these three guys are good, the Orioles should have a pretty good chance. Um, Well, I should say that will really help their chances of winning any postseason series that they end up playing. But we can worry about what happens if those guys, two of them three or all three, are not good uh, after Saturday's game one if something like that happens. I mean, for now, let us enjoy a few more days to chill. It seems like the Orioles are certainly going to be doing this. They're doing just enough to stay sharp while also getting their deserved and probably needed rest. The four teams who lost game one could be eliminated by the end of today, and four teams will be eliminated by the end of tomorrow. 
The Orioles, they're not one of those teams. That stress spread out more for a best-of-five series will be ours very soon, but it is not ours yet. The only thing you really need to worry about today is what time they will actually end up scheduling Game 1-4 on Saturday, what with the Billy Joel concert at M&T Bank Stadium that night. People keep coming on to Camden Chat to ask, have they announced the game time? When will they announce it? No, they have not announced it. No one really knows when they will. I think it probably depends on who wins the remaining wildcard games and when those series are wrapped up for good. But, I mean, that concert is what it is. I think there's almost no chance the two events can coexist with the parking lots. So for the Saturday game one, at least, I am expecting they are going to schedule it the earliest they can get away with scheduling a weekend postseason game. Who really knows what kind of discussions are going on behind the scenes, what MLB is going to choose. They will also, of course, have to make the TV networks happy. And by the way, the Saturday quote-unquote big noon college football game uh, on Fox on Saturday is the University of Maryland Terrapins football team playing the Ohio State University Buckeyes. So that could even be going on simultaneously with the Orioles postseason game, which is also supposed to be on the Fox family of networks. Maybe they'll get shunted over to FS1. I don't know. I think that's probably also a consideration. Uh, I don't think they're going to postpone Billy Joel. I don't think they're going to try and do the concerts at the same time. What are they going to do? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, people are going to keep asking on Camden Chat, I guess, till they announce it. But honestly, I have no idea. It's not one of the things I'm worried about. For me, I do have the privilege to, uh, whenever they announce a game time, my wife and I can get there and go. Others I know have travel considerations, and if that's going to screw you over, I'm sorry. It is. Uh, it, it stinks that things don't get announced until way before. Even for the wild card round, the game times were not announced until like the day before. Not fun. But you know what? That's all that I've got for today. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please do subscribe on your preferred platform and tell an Orioles fan you know about the show. I will be back with a preview of the Orioles Division Series opponent on Friday morning once we know who that is. I am not rooting for either team, as I said last time. I learned my lesson in 2014 when I absolutely thought the Orioles would roll over the Royals. I thought, okay, the whole postseason, if the Orioles ended up playing them, just a gimme, gimme into the World Series. Nope, nope, it didn't happen. So Rays, Rangers, no. I have no preference. I just want them to wear one another out. The Rays, they did fail uh, in Game 1 at trying to wear out the Rangers. We'll see if they have better luck in Game 2. I definitely do want it to go three games. So I guess for Wednesday, at least, I am rooting for the Rays. And then for Thursday, I will go back to not caring who wins. I am going to be afraid of either team. I will also feel like the Orioles could beat either team. The, uh, the possibility that it could go either way can be terrifying, but that is our life as sports fans, right? And for the rest of the time that the Orioles are active in the postseason, I will be aiming to have an episode each morning after the Orioles play that game even on weekends, so stay tuned for that. And I hope that I will be podcasting almost daily well towards November. We'll see. That's up to the Orioles from here, and we'll start to see how they're going to do on Saturday. And between now and then, we can enjoy the stress of the wildcard round, at least for this year, is not ours. Good Morning Birdland is a Camden Cast production on the Fans First Sports Network. Until next time, go O's.